0: Hey everybody, we just concluded a series on freedom! And before we move on to a book study of Philemon, we have a moment to do something just a little different. I was looking the other day at a proverb that had a number of different translations, and I I wanted to read you the one that I thought was clearest from the Christian Standard Bible. It's Proverbs 18, verse one. One who isolates himself pursues selfish desires. He rebels against all sound wisdom. All right. Uh, In this era of the Delta variant, uh, where we're coming out of shelter, but then seeing infections increasing and seeing at least a mini clampdown happening again, what does it mean not to isolate ourselves? How do we avoid being foolish and instead lead the lives to which Jesus Christ has called us as his followers and my quick answer is this in order to live in Christ we need to increasingly understand his church that the people not the steeple as we always say so today i want to focus on one idea about the church that one idea it's an english word and we'll be looking at a number of greek words for it but the english word is refreshing And when I think of refreshing, I think of going to stay outside Sonora for a few days and it was about 90 during the day and cooled off to the high 70s at night. And so what was refreshing was when Karen, Naomi and I got in the car and turned the AC all the way down and headed home. Uh, That was refreshing, had a good trip, but it was refreshing to get in that cold car. Now, when I was a kid, Uh, A day at the pool, someone's pool was refreshing. It's probably not refreshing for them because I was a, you know, shouty running kid, but for me, very refreshing. If no pool was available, a sprinkler could do, especially if it was followed by a frozen juice pop. Ah, refreshing. But refreshing can refer to more meaningful things as well. Maybe you've got a social friend or a work connection, and they take a lot of effort to interact with. Maybe not just shared assumptions don't overlap that well, but also you you have to be careful about what you say and just being able to have a conversation in which you get to be yourself without being on guard, without having the filter on max, that's actually very refreshing. So today, here's our starting point. Acts chapter three verses 19 and 20 where Peter preaches a sermon and mentions times of refreshing. So Acts chapter three, verses 19 and 20 from the New International Version. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. To what can Peter be referring? Now, how did the New Testament church experience refreshing? And how can we at Church of the Valley experience it in 2021? These are questions I want to address this morning, but first, let me pray. God, I thank you for the opportunity to open your word and look at this idea of refreshing. I pray that our time In your word in your presence together would be refreshing but I also pray that you would move us individually and collectively toward an understanding of what it would be like for church your people to be refreshing I pray that you would do that through your spirit because of the work that Jesus did according to your plan oh God amen so the word Luke uses in Acts 3.19 can mean cooling, refreshing, relief. It's kind of a juice pop word. The one other use in scripture of this word isn't in the New Testament. It's in Exodus, which means that it's not really this word because where it's found is in something called the Septuagint, which is a Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures. And there... It's in the story of Moses and Pharaoh and the plagues. And Pharaoh is sick of having frogs everywhere because that's the plague that's going on. And he asks Moses, hey, ask God to take this away. And Moses says, okay. And he prays and God takes the frogs from all the places they're not supposed to be and leaves them in the Nile where they belong. And when Pharaoh saw that there was relief The same word, a a respite from frogs. The same word, he hardened his heart. And here's the thing. uh, In the Old Testament, and sadly, too much of my life and maybe too much of your life, this pattern is actually the norm. Only while people face consequences for their wrongdoing do they generally call out to God. Once they get relief, they don't stay on an upward trajectory with God in sight they they continue a cycle of rebellion and self-destruction. And so it's this calling out, resuming self-destruction, calling out. That's kind of what the Hebrew scriptures look like. And it's kind of what a lot of our lives look like before Christ stepped in. And Peter's sermon, I've just pulled a small part out of it. It pointed out that the people he was preaching to disowned Jesus and he says killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. So Peter says, here's the one prophet you absolutely must not ignore, but you did. But God raised him, and now you have the opportunity to join with him, have your sins forgiven, and be refreshed. Church, that is an incredible offer, and it's offered to us today as well. What's more amazing is that this brand new organism, Christ's church, which is being formed as the early stories of Acts go on, began to be a place in which refreshing was experienced. So let's take a look at how that happened in a few New Testament passages. First I want to go to the book of Romans. It's a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Rome and Romans 15, 29 to 33 says this, I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed the God of peace be with you all. Amen. So this word refreshed in verse 32 is a different word than the one that we saw in Acts. This one means something more like rest with. Paul writes to the church in Rome never having visited there and is looking forward to making it through his work so he can rest with them. He's clearly a bit of an extrovert. I'm going to go work with people and then I want to go rest with people. But the way Paul is coming is going to make the rest all the more refreshing. So the first thing I want you to notice is that Paul isn't missing something. He doesn't have to go to them in order to feel complete. Oh, Rome, you complete me. There's nothing like that here. He has a blessing to give the church at Rome when he visits them and he's going to see a reciprocal blessing by being in their presence. But Paul comes in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. He comes, though, in this letter with some pretty specific concerns. He asks for, for prayers to be safe from unbelievers. This is a man who was beaten, dragged out of a city, left for dead, somehow gets up, wants to go back in the city and continue preaching. Okay, He's a tough dude, but he knows that things can escalate quickly. He's accustomed to that. Paul asks as well that the gifts that he's bringing from Gentile churches to Jerusalem, to the Jewish believers there, will be well-received. And I'm like, he has to ask that their money will be well-received? And look, by things like this, we know that politics and ethnicity and background, while they should be overwhelmed in our unity in Christ, were potential problems then, just like today. But Paul desires that this collaboration among the local churches, Gentile churches contributing to a Jewish church will bring him the joy he expects. There's this unity that's going to happen in Christ that's going to bring him joy. And then Paul hopes to be refreshed in the company of the people of this church in Rome that he hasn't had a chance to visit yet. Paul's got every blessing in Christ. He has founded churches, he's an ambassador to the Jerusalem church, but he longs to be with the people of the church in Rome like a kid wants a juice pop on a hot day. Now we've gotten a glimpse into the kind of mutual care he expects to share with them, bringing the blessing of Christ through difficulties while they pray for him. How great will it be, how refreshing will it be when they get together at last? So now, how does God supply this refreshing? Let's look now at uh, one of Paul's letters to the city of Corinth, the believers at the church there. First Corinthians 16, 15 through 18. So starting in verse 15, "'You know that the household of Stephanus "'were the first converts in Achaia and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Echaichus arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you. For they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition." Now this word that we translate refreshing has more of a sense of rest from labor, like a work break he 's going to clock out for a moment tea time and Paul here is writing to a church with a ton of problems I mean a ton of problems. Can you imagine a church with problems and he 's saying you sent some amazing representatives we both know, but you haven 't been appreciating them the way that you want so stephanus, Fortunatus, and achaias represent the best of the Corinthian church faithful ones laboring ones collaborative ones and Paul says these are the local ones you should be emulating they refreshed Paul how well among other things by not being rebellious not being too good for Paul for being people who care for and serve the weaker men and women of Corinth even if their labors weren't being appreciated. And what's wonderful about Paul addressing the local church in Corinth this way is that they take his commands to heart. He tells them in another letter we have of his to this church, a later letter, we call it 2 Corinthians, clever, how glad he is for the way they've turned things around. So 2 Corinthians 7, 11 through 14, see what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done at every point you have proved yourselves to be innocent in this matter. Okay, this is Paul, I'm just interjecting here. This is Paul addressing the fact that he corrected them and they responded to his correction by doing the right thing. Uh, it's part and parcel of why there's refreshment. Okay, continuing in verse 12. So even though I wrote to you, it was neither on account of the one who did the wrong, nor on the account of the injured party, but rather that before God, you could see for yourselves how devoted to us you are. By all this we are encouraged. In addition to our own encouragement, we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit has been refreshed because of you. I had boasted to him about you, and you have not embarrassed me. But just as everything we said to you was true, so our boasting about you to Titus has proved to be true as well. So to be honest, what Paul was pretty frank, pretty clear with about this church, was hard stuff, and his tone was harsh. But they heard what Paul said. They understood his critique. They repented. They'd gone the opposite direction. They'd changed, and they were growing. And the result was appreciating those who were serving them, so much so that Paul's coworker, Titus, was refreshed by them. Refreshing happens among the church and by the church. Paul uses the same root word in 2 Corinthians as he did in 1 Corinthians. This kind of makes sense. These three men came to Paul and refreshed him. Here Titus came to Corinth and was refreshed. He was working, but it was like a break. Here's one more example of refreshing in the church. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phagellus and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, because he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. Paul's been ditched by people who were supposed to be his friends and his co-laborers but not by Onesiphorus, who wasn't bothered by the fact that Paul was in prison, wasn't bothered by the difficulty of finding him, or the possibility that others would exclude Onesiphorus too if he associated with Paul. So refreshing happens in the church even when the church disappoints. And Paul uses a word in this letter. All, it's like the one in Romans. Though this one almost gives me a picture of someone seeing someone who's hurt and waving people away and saying, give them some air, let them breathe. And even Paul needed room to breathe from time to time. You and I need some refreshing as well. So great. We've looked at a few passages in the New Testament uh, in which refreshing is talked about in the context of the early church. What do we do with this knowledge? You know, do we pat ourselves on the the backs for a history lesson? No, let's not do that. How are we going to be refreshed? That's the question. And I think our first step should be to agree with Proverbs 18.1 that a self-focused isolation is no good. From the beginning, God created humans for relationship. In Christ, we get relationship with God. In Christ, we are now part of His church, and we experience God's love in relationship with one another. So, if you test positive, isolate out of concern for others, but don't separate from your local church. See the distinction? You don't run away from your church because you're isolating, because of having a communicable disease. Uh, You stay connected in all the ways that you can. And here's probably the second application point. You may be here considering just who Jesus is, especially who is Jesus to you. And as Peter told the crowd who had gathered, amazed that the disciples had healed someone, God has made it possible for all your wrongdoing and all of mine to be wiped out. And that happens through Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, this long promised one, anointed as king, not only of Israel, but of all peoples. That same Jesus makes it possible for you and for me to walk with God in a way that would never have been possible before. That same Jesus makes it possible not just to be a member of an organization, but to be a part of the people of God, Christ's church. That church extends far beyond our local church and our current time. It includes everyone who follows Jesus. It does still include the believers of this church, of this body of believers at this particular time. Now, if you have questions you want to ask about this, I have wonderful news for you. Pastor Tim is back from sabbatical. Get in touch with him. All right, Uh, FF Bruce says this, all they had to do to avail themselves of this salvation was to change their former attitude to Jesus and bring it in line with God's attitude. God had clearly declared his verdict by raising Jesus from the dead. When you're included in Christ, you get the hope that comes from following a perfect king who didn't just die, but rose forevermore to life. So let your attitude about Jesus match God's attitude about Jesus. Now, once we have a forever relationship with Jesus, we have a third set of applications. When Paul wrote to the Romans, he asked for their prayers because he was exposed to danger by his faith and because he wanted his ministry work to succeed. Now, how are you facing opposition to your faith? Are you facing absolutely none primarily because nobody knows about your faith? Are you struggling through by yourself? Have you asked others to pray with and for you? Are you praying for others who are facing opposition? Do you have a way that you personally assist the church, the people, not the steeple necessarily, not in this case looking for someone who's gonna take money, collect money from us, and ferry it themselves to our Cambodia missionaries, okay? But there are many ways in which we would love to have your help and would love to give you an opportunity to connect, not just to serve. And I'm wearing my VBS shirt from this year and it was a great time to enjoy the company of some kids and some adults who were uh, connecting a little bit and serving others in the name of Christ together. It was great. Facing opposition and serving in the local church can draw Christ's people together in a way that little else can. Now, our desire at Church of the Valley is for our gathering to be a place where we can not only labor together, but rest together and be refreshed. When Paul wrote 1 Corinthians, he pointed out several from the church at Corinth who were refreshing to Paul and to their home church but they weren't being honored and respected as they ought. Now, there are many people who serve at Church of the Valley, often less upfront than this kind of ministry. We could direct this application to honoring laborers, but let me just note that lack of respect didn't stop Stephanus, Fortunatus, and achaiachus from serving their church and from serving Paul. So let's honor those who serve, let's not stop serving others in order to pout but to instead trust that god is going to set things right in us in other people in our faith community and in addition to that fourth application here's a fifth Woo! like titus and the church of corinth let's not just expect but also assume the best of one another so that we can be refreshed together as we work side by side in the service of Christ. This is really really important that we give each other some slack to be human beings and to go ahead and yeah, bear with one another. Finally, if you've been disappointed by a church, including this church or people in a church, including people in this church, well, I guess welcome to the club, right? That's the nature of things, but let's do this. Let's all take seriously the potential for Church of the Valley to be a place in which people who need a little air or spiritual CPR, or maybe even a defibrillator uh, can be ministered to, not just by ministers, but by all of us. In all our diversity of life experiences and perspectives, Let's engage generously so that others get a chance here to breathe a little easier. All of this need for refreshing from the local church highlights how critical our engagement, yours and mine, is. And that's because the church, the people of Christ, not just the steeple, as I keep saying, is the one place where real worship happens. Real worship comes from devotion to our savior. Real worship is more important than our behavior and our thoughts because what we worship will drive our thoughts and our behavior. I was reading a book last week in which I found this closing thought. Michael Lawrence wrote, we're not finally defined by either our behavior or our thoughts. Rather, we are defined by who we worship. We are fundamentally worshipers and our identity is defined by what or who we are reflecting. So if Lawrence is right and our identity is defined by what or who we are reflecting, let's devote ourselves in the coming weeks to experiencing God's refreshing, to seeking to refresh the others who are already part of this local community and to those who will be coming, let's be reflecting the ultimate refresher, our King and our God. Let me pray. God, I thank you. I thank you that times of refreshing come from you and your people, you've made it possible by your plan, by your work, by your power. And I I ask you, Father, to allow us to be people who desire not just to be refreshed at Church of the Valley, but to allow others to be refreshed. Would you give us eyes to see folks who need refreshment? Would you give us hearts of compassion that wanna see others grow? Would you give us a hunger ourselves to grow, to turn from things that hold us back from knowing you better? And I pray that we will experience your love your power, and your grace in new ways as we are refreshed together by you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. May he refresh you this week.